0: in a small town in Odisha, India. People often bullied and mocked him. Anvesh came out as gay to his sister and family when he was 16 years old. Like any other Indian household, it was not easy to accept him or his identity. Today he stands tall after overcoming all these battles and the one that he is still fighting. He completed his engineering and is a graduate from NIFT. Anvesh is an Indian artist, blogger, writer, model, designer, and a TEDx speaker. He was crowned Mr. Gay World India 2016, becoming the youngest winner of the crown at age 20. He is the first Indian recipient of the Troy Perry Award for his compassionate activism. His campaign, Fitting Out, gained widespread acclaim that year, garnering the highest marks at the world pageant. The effeminaire is a safe space where he showcases his work and designs. Anvesh is here to share his inspiring story and inspire you at the same time. Hi Anvesh,
1: how are you doing? I'm feeling gorgeous in, in case you can't see it already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm doing well. I'm uh, really happy to be here, to be ha- having this conversation with one and the only Aspen. Oh my God, and,
0: wow. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank I'm you so really, much.
1: I'm really happy to be having this conversation while I'm having my pakoda and chai. Because uh, what and what better way to have a conversation? It should be raining, right? <laughs>
0: like chai, pakoda, Literally. and the rain. It should be raining. And the rain. Yeah. yeah. Perfect setting. And where are you calling from, Azmin, By the way. I'm All from, way from Bombay? Mumbai. Um, Do you know like where? I don't of know. Of course, I, I know you... Bombay.
1: I used to No, walk no, but in like,
0: Bombay. oh, where? <laughs>
1: I have worked everywhere in Bombay. I worked in Vikroli. I worked in Andheri. I okay. worked in um, K- Kamla Mills. I was—I okay. mean—I used to work with HTFC, which is uh, who ha- which they have a- They have their office in Kamla Mills. Okay, now yeah, I have moved yeah. out of HTFC. I've moved to another company. but okay. um, yeah, I mean, I've been in Lower Parel. I've been in Bandra. I've been in Pali okay. Hills. I've been all over the place. So. <laughs> Oh, so, Mumbai tak, which is not considered Bombay, but uh,
0: wow. yeah. <laughs> wow, you've like, covered the entire patch. Okay, so I am near Party side. If you're. you're yeah, like, ah. so there's a, there's a Parsi colony, I stay over there.
1: Oh, lovely, yeah. Very nice.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, How cool. Then we have to meet when I'm in Bombay,
1: because I anyway come to Bombay every year in the, the- month of January for Mystic yeah.
0: India. So, in the year of Jan, only Jan, like in the month of Jan. Okay, done then. So, specifically
1: in the month of Jan, I come anyway because, uh, you know, Mystic India's finale happens there and I'm also a part of the Mystic India organization. And But other than that, uh, I, of course, keep coming back and forth because there's a lot, I keep doing a lot of, you know, modeling gigs here and there right. in Bombay. But uh, I mean, sometimes for work, of course, I was working full time in Bombay for a right. while. And uh, now I've moved back home in Haryana in my little, you know, rainbow little world in my pink little room (laughs) (laughs) with all my goodies and my art around me. So I'm in my little comfortable space right now. Lovely,
0: but whenever you come, we have to meet. Done, I'm gonna. Of course, (laughs) Done. Done. without a question,
1: without a doubt.
0: Okay, so um, just, I wanted to know. So a usual question that's asked is when you came out, um how did your parents react or how did your friends react but i want to know what was going on in your mind when you first came to terms with it because yeah. i am aware that you grew up in a generation that didn't have social media there was no so I awareness
1: i i was like i was i was 25 years ago <laughs> Yeah. Five years mean, And so the social media existed like 10 years ago. Instagram <laughs> existed.
0: Like some... No. <laughs> oh God has <I've> been <laughs> Instagram existed. I, I'm Googling it right now. Did Instagram exist? Instagram Instagram
1: started in 2010. And I was 15 in 2010. Okay. Azbin is already like Asmin is judging me full scale. She thought I'm like you know I don't know a fifty year old no, man. No. <laughs> there no, social media.
0: I I I actually. Oh God. Because I I joined social media when I was like sixteen or seventeen. I didn't even means I knew about. How old are you
1: now, if I may ask? I'm eighteen. So.
0: Two... Oh yeah, you're
1: eighteen right now. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you social media has been there since. 2000s. It used to be Orkut back in those days, way back in early 2000s. And then what? there were Yahoo chat, chat rooms. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, there used to be, of course, Orkut, which was quite big uh, in mm-hmm. India, at least. There was MySpace, which was rather big in America mm-hmm. um, and uh, perhaps in the West. And uh, then, I mean, we all joined Facebook in 2009, I think I still remember. And uh, Facebook was rather becoming a rather you know big right. thing. I think Facebook started out in 2006 when I was in class six, so I was I think 11 years old when Facebook started. Okay. And uh, you know I have been on Facebook since 2009, so like good 11 years now, 11, 12 years.
0: But my <laughs> question I is,
1: social media was Literally, I was. The-
0: I'm so sorry but (laughs) but listen but my point is okay it existed but was there this (laughs) but was there this level of awareness did people even talk about this like how it is Azmim this is becoming my podcast now
1: (laughs) I'm taking Asmin's case now I'm so sorry (laughs) Asmin. Who did you get out But uh, I will come to your question. So, so sorry.
0: <laughs> it's okay. That was a nice detour and a reality check for me. Because to be honest, I knew Facebook existed, but I see how Facebook has now evolved into like ads and where people can literally earn from social media, even Instagram. And, like, now if you compare Instagram's uh, <coughs> level of awareness with what they are sharing and what content goes up there compared to 10, 15 years ago, I I really don't think so. That kind of awareness is there. Like, when you so log into Facebook, huh? Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, this is going to be a very educational session for Azmin. <laughs> i'm just going to you know unravel the reality of the situation too <laughs> oh my god it is so, so bad
0: funny. right now
1: <laughs> no, not at all <laughs> so way back in 2009 which was the first time i uh, you know discovered facebook of course facebook had been there for quite some time i think three years since then and uh, back in those days you know we used to have dial-up connections uh, and we were sort of shifting towards wi-fi connections i remember still So we used to have like a telephone cable that used to connect, uh, you know, our computers um, to the, to the internet. And um, yeah, through, um, you know, on Facebook, we used to have secret groups way back in those days. And Facebook was a rather bigger phenomenon. And Instagram was sort of starting out because Instagram came, came in 2010 when I was 15 years old. And I joined Instagram rather early. So I think around 2013, 14 it was becoming a bigger phenomenon everywhere. And a lot of my friends were on Instagram. And uh, um, I mean, it was not a big phenomenon here in India overall, because I think internet, as a, internet has become big in India only in the last two, three years. Um, right. So, but, but um, I mean, you know, we still had internet. Uh, you know, the privi- at least a certain privileged mass still had access to some kind of internet. And even in schools, I mean, we had you know, access to you know, internet or Google or Facebook or all of that stuff so um i remember being part of a lot of secret groups uh, on facebook and uh, section 377 wasn't read down so there was a lot of conversation that used to still happen in fact i uh, when i came out you know coming back to your question about coming out um when i it was um, i actually found one of my sisters friend who happened to be gay and who was out and about on uh, you know facebook and he used to share a lot of his uh, you know stories there, and I was like, "This is so nice." I mean, I finally have some point of reference where I can see all of these gay folks from the community. There was there were mostly like uh, a lot of gay men that I came across. Um, there wa- weren't wasn't enough, I think, in terms of uh, you know representation, and there wasn't right. also much discussion around being trans or being non-binary. Right. But a lot of you know representation or questions were around being uh, being gay. so I found a lot of you know gay men on these secret groups and I would just you know go on their profiles and just look at you know what they're doing and what they're sharing and that sort of in some ways did become a point of reference for me here in India and uh, I used to share about my life even like on Instagram even way back in 2014 through my artworks of course now my artworks are very much around you know being queer in India and all these non-binary identities but Back then, it was just, you know, me sharing my artworks in general and whatever, excuse me, whatever I connected with. So, um, you know, even uh, back then, I remember, I used to talk about the feminine woman, which was basically, she was a trans woman. And, uh, you know, she she just just shared her stories uh, of, you know, how she was sort of going around and meeting these important celebrities and dressing up in a certain manner. Um, So I remember, you know, sort of taking these inspiration from, you know, Masaba's outfits and all her, um, the kind of interesting dresses that she used to come up with. I would take that kind of, that as a reference point and then I would, you know, create these outfits for my characters. Um, So yeah, I had sort of created like a parallel universe. I used to blog a lot more back then. Mm -hmm. Right right now, of course, vlogging has become a way bigger thing, but, uh, so I started out with a WordPress blog Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I used to talk about the feminine there. And uh, you know, again, to answer your question, it was not easy at all to coming, you know, coming out to myself or uh, you know, becoming more comfortable with my identity uh, as a as a gay man. But uh, you know, I've become I've become used to it. Over, over, you know, over the over the years, I've become I've understood more of myself over the years as well. I was very ashamed, in fact, when I came out to myself. I was like, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be gay. I don't want to be this. This doesn't seem right. I don't feel this is, this is, you know, abnormal. And uh, it was very difficult to sort of come to terms with, you know, my, my gay self. But uh, I think a lot of my references were also, you know, from American television shows and, uh, or, or, you know, shows from around the world where we, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of queer representation. And I would be like, you know, if there's, if they could come out way back in those days, Excuse me. Um, so, if if they could come out back in those days and talk about their stories out in the open, then maybe you know there is hope for me as well, and I sure right. can come out in the open and share my stories with the world.
0: So, you first shared it on social media, or did you approach someone? Like, did you go to someone and tell them?
1: So, um, I actually did share about my coming out experience through a blog co- called. Uh, I think it was a blog post regarding. Uh, uh, what I wear is your business. Uh, huh? Yeah, it was something uh, on the same lines. It was. It was actually called Why What I Wear Is Your Business. Um, Ooh, so okay. it was actually <clears throat> inspired of a similar title uh, by <clears throat> of an article which was written by Nishit Saran. My sexuality is your business. I think something mm-hmm. of that sort. He had written way back uh, in in the early two thousands, and I had written this article. You know, Why What I Wear Is Your Business, uh, and it was around you know, me being interested in, you know, dressing up in a certain kind or not, or 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 how there have been men who've dressed up in, you know, right. skirts or you know, there have been men who've dressed up in, you know, car sets or heels or shoes, all of these different kinds of, you know, um, clothes that are usually considered feminine or, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, not considered masculine enough. So I talk, spoke about that because I felt like uh, there was a lot of uh, you know, backlash to what I wanted to wear. I would sort of, for example, you know, want to wear like a skinny jeans, and my parents would be very uncomfortable with it. Even just with a pair of skinny jeans, they'd be like, right. "You know This is too mm. This is not nice." Mm. So that was actually the first time I wrote about it and wrote, wrote about my my queer experience. Uh, this was, I think, into two thousand and thirteen, uh, and the the blog post actually did really well in my circle. Uh, A lot of my friends shared it. A lot of my friends commented on on it. And they really Mm -hmm. came out in the open and supported my stats. And uh, I'm I'm just so grateful that, you know, they were so sweet to me uh, way back in those days. Uh, But uh, I first came out, you know, in 2012. So just a year before I had come out to myself, then came out to my sister. I wasn't very happy about it, but she was very supportive. So I was just like, you know, maybe I have some support, it's okay, support, so I can continue yeah. on this. Yeah, I can continue on this journey. Then I came out to my friends. They were very uncomfortable with that idea of me being gay. They didn't think it was right. Then I eventually came out to my teachers. Uh, one of my teachers, actually, not all of them, just one of my teachers. And uh, I think it just you know snowballed from there on. I didn't, right. I didn't look back from there on.
0: That's great. But um, at any point of time, do you think that a kid who maybe comes out to their parent today Has it easier than you had it when you came out? Because of the fact that um, now people are changing their perspectives towards this. So do you think society is being more open or no? Um,
1: I do think that a lot has changed since, for sure. Mm, I think it also can be seen through Instagram, for example. we have so many like queer accounts, you know, by queer folks in India. So you have a lot of conversation happening around contextual queerness, which is extremely important. We can't just talk about you know being queer, just looking at American you know idols or you know you know points of references from the West, because uh, in some way or the other, our stories are unique. Of course, we are connected in some ways as well, right. uh, and our stories are going to be similar, but. The struggles in some way or the other um, are going to be a little different. So it's very, very important to talk about basic queerness. So we have, you know, a today where, you know, you have like a basic queer memes where we just mm-hmm. celebrate queerness or where we have like a yes, we exist or we have a gay sea or we have a gay axis. All of these incredible, right. you know, spaces where we finally get to be, you know, in a space where um, we can talk about queer folks from this country coming out in the open. A lot of teenagers right now coming out in the open and talking about their non minority identities, their, their, their gayness, their queerness, their, you know just you know, celebrating their queer identities. Um, and I think that has, that has happened because of the access to education, because of the, of the access to you know, openness, to mm. having these conversations by a lot of queer active, activists. They are the ones who started out these conversations mm. to begin with. Queer rights is not unique to India, it hasn't started, you know, just 10 years ago, it started out way back in the 80s, when Ashok Rao Kavi, um, who's the founder of uh, the Hamsapha Trust, um, which is also situated in Bombay, um, he's the one who's like a pioneer of sorts, who started out the struggle for all of us and, you know, uh, brought everybody together into, um, you know, one group and created a, you know, a physical uh, safe space. And then you know these spaces have now transformed and uh, you know come to moved on to uh, you know, safe spaces in in uh, you know uh, in online spaces. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the work has ha- has been done uh, by the queer uh, you know rights activists by equal rights activists in India, which is why we can have these conversations today so freely. They are the ones responsible for reading down Section 377 and. Right. Uh, it's, it's the openness of these teenagers who want to finally come out in the open and share their stories and not hide behind, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, living these lies anymore. Um, and I think it, I do think a lot of this is happening because uh, we've been able to put out a lot of, you know, s- strong, uh, important stories of queer people, even in, you know, popular media. Right. So, um, like, for example, yeah, the day we were having this conversation with, uh, you know, um, queer community members from all different, you know, generations. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of, most of them mentioned about this film called Prayers for Bobby. And which is a very, it's an iconic queer film, uh, which most of the folks, at least in India, have watched. And uh, I'm like, that's, that, uh, this is, these are the movies that have sort of, you know, led us to, in some ways, be able to share our stories Mm -hmm. with the world and be more open about it and be more fearless about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think that, Structurally or socially, we have come honestly a long way because I think people who were homophobic even yesterday are still homophobic. Yeah, um,
0: right.
1: I don't know, somehow I feel like in India, it goes way beyond just talking about uh, just talking about it. I think Indians understand a lot of things through actions. Mm-hmm. Um, so which is why it's going to take a long, long time. How stubborn And uh, some people just choose to be ignorant, you know, mm-hmm. continue to be ignorant about certain things and I'm like, <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> Right, but when you spoke about aspects like media, um, could you share of like, how you would like to bring in a change, supposing in the, in the new education policy that's going to be coming up soon. How can yeah. you make education <clears throat> itself more inclusive? Is there, have you ever thought about What is this
1: new education policy that you're talking about? Is there going to be like a revamp of sorts which has come out from the government?
0: Yeah, so basically it's going to be more like the Western education system. So how we have 10 plus 2 plus 3, it's going to be changed to, I think, if I'm not mistaken, 9 plus 3 plus 4, um, which is based like high school where you go abroad and then you go directly for your degree college. And also liberal arts wherein you can explore any subject that you want and then do a double major, like major, minor, something like that. So we aren't totally aware about what exactly it is. And they said by the time they'll implement it, it'll be 2023, which means actually it'll be 2030, <laughs> considering the rate at which it's going to happen. Well, I mean, I
1: have al- always spoken about the need for in the inclusion of gender studies in our books. I started a campaign called Fitting Out way back in 2016 when I had won Mister Gay India, and that was the time uh, when I spoke about, uh, you know, bringing in queer history and making it a part of, uh, you know, the regular history because it's extremely important to talk about some really empowering figures from the past. There are really incredible people all around us uh, in the community right now. There's an Abina. Uh, or a Simran, they have some very, very empowering stories where they've faced a lot of abuse in their lives, and now they've come out, you know, they've they've won over these, uh, you know, trials and tribulations in their mm-hmm. life. and they've, they're such, you know, just figures of, just vict- they've, they've come out victorious. And right. it's very important to share these stories of victory, and uh, how you can change the narrative, uh, and just because certain things, so- something happens to be popular does not mean that it is the only right thing to do. Uh, you know, a lot of things that um, our right, you know, for example, you know, queer rights. Uh, the, the Unfortunately, we still are not a, at a space where uh, queer rights is considered as, as the most important thing to be right. spoken about.
0: As a priority. Right. Exactly. And that needs to change. Right. Exactly.
1: Right. Needs to change. Uh, it'll happen, you know, it'll happen one step at a time. I think there's still just so much work that needs to be done, to be very honest. But right. uh, I think it's important to talk about um you know gender identities gender expression gender spectrum uh, you know a very simple way of talking about this is sort the of gender-bred person and and you just start talking about having you start having these conversations with everyone because there are going to be like everywhere you go there are going to be queer people there are going to be queer femme individuals mm-hmm. there are going to be trans folks there are going to be non-binary right. folks and the more we talk about it the more they will be empowered to come out in the open and share their stories and right. uh, I mean, we have seen this already. I mean, we don't even have to go too far away. Things have started changing in the UK or or, or the US. The other day, I was speaking to a friend of mine uh, from London, and he was like, in, in in London, literally, like every five minutes, you go walk through the street, you will find, you know, ten gay men. So, um, which means that obviously, that uh, right. like the more we we speak about this freely and not in you know, a hide away from it, I, I don't think it's important. It's, it's it's good to hide or or run away from, you know, conversations around sex or sexuality. The more we have conversations around these, the more we will be able to move into a more inclusive world.
0: Understood. Got it. Um, So would you say that when you came out, maybe your parents like tried to, Um, tell you that okay no this is like you're thinking wrong or this is not the way it should be and try to mold you in a different way compared to what you were or they were accepting
1: they were not accepting they were uh, in fact rather um, I still remember like my mother crying for months altogether Um, and my father was very shocked as well he didn't want me to talk about my sexuality on the open with anybody at all, uh, they think it was. They didn't think it was the right thing to do. So yeah, I think uh, I had a I had a very difficult journey with coming out to my parents and letting them understand what it is all about. Um, but uh, in fact, my in some ways my relationship with them has sort of you know, uh, you know scarred as well a little because of excuse me because of the kind of uh, you know conversations we were having back then. Because like sometimes I felt like my parents were saying things that were so sort of mean or Mm -hmm. um, just not the right thing to say to your your kids or just politically incorrect and i would feel so bad about it i would feel like yeah my parents can do but that was the reality unfortunately and uh, i had to deal with it and uh, i'm glad that i didn't sort of run away from my parents as well i gave myself some time i realized that time is the biggest healer um, I can't keep having conversations with them because they will not understand it. Even today, my parents don't, sometimes don't understand it. My mother does sometimes doesn't like, you know, uh, my makeup. Sometimes she okay. likes it, sometimes she doesn't like it. So um, it's like right. I, she's still growing and she's still evolving. And, you know, it's like uh, there's, it's been nine years since I came out to her. Right. Nine, nine eight, I think seven years, actually. Seven hmm. years since I came out to her. But, but still she finds it so difficult to sort of come to terms with it. So I I understood that, you know, I should just live my life and let her be. Mm -hmm. She will figure it out. She'll get used to it.
0: But um, when you say come to terms with it, but they are proud of you because we read up about you and you're the first Indian recipient to win the Troy Perry Award, which is which is really good and for all the viewers and listeners the troy perry award is one that honors the lgbtqia plus community for their selfless service and their social and spiritual activism so i mean that's great so when you received that award what was their reaction i have received a lot of awards (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go one after the other
1: (laughs) And my parents don't give a fuck about any of them.
0: <laughs> my parents are very
1: Yeah, I mean they're very distant and they're very uh, I mean what about I, I know that they're very proud of proud of it. I mean it's not like they just like you know throw it away all in dustbin, but I mean they right now I have won so many awards that they're just like newspaper <laughs> article hai, and then my mommies. Friends will write to her and she would be like, you know, my, humne dekha, and, yeah. my, my nickname is Annu. And you uh, know they'll be like, you know, Annu photo, we in a newspaper. Mein. And then they will send out these pictures to mother. And, uh, <laughs> you know, she'll, she'll look at it. The other day, for the first time, my father came to me and he was like, okay, where's
0: photo in Hindustan times? Mein photo? Hai hai?
1: So I think this probably like secretly read about secretly it. Secretly, you know, deep
0: down inside, they are very proud. And they they, they yeah.
1: admire it and they are very yes. happy about it. And
0: yes. Because I sometimes, in fact, you know, uh,
1: the other day we were having this, you know, lunch, uh, like a little gathering of sorts. And uh, my father was, uh, you know, showing off my TEDx video to one of his colleagues. And he he was like, you know, he's done TEDx videos and all of that. For the first time, I was like, oh, God, my father (laughs) actually talks about the work that I do. Because I used to, for the longest time, think that they don't give a fuck about anything at all. But they certainly don't show it to me, like, they don't show that they're to me like, at all. Weed, <laughs> they're very poker like, face. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. They're like, ha, ha, okay, great, good, good, very good. <laughs> so, I mean, this award I won in LA, and uh, I, I was invited, uh, right after that, I was uh, invited to Harvard. So I went all the way to Boston for, wow, for a panel okay. discussion. And, uh, you know, I literally, I I still remember that particular year I went to like eight countries and I had like, I had like a little mini, you know, world tour of sorts and I came back and, and these were things that I, you know, did had done uh, uh, out of the, by the virtue of just my hard work and me being celebrated for the work that I do and. Came back and they were like, ha ah, ah, okay, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, they don't show about, they don't show off their excitement at all to me. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> no. Maybe they are happy about it. <laughs> but the way you're speaking, it's clearly evident that they they do. <laughs> they do.
1: <laughs> yeah, they secretly admire it. <laughs> they're like my secret admirers. Never in front we of me. We won't show it,
0: but we are.
1: <laughs> <coughs> yeah, yeah. Like any Indian parents for that right. matter. I, I would never in most parents, I mean. Even the one time, even when I won mystic, in I was like, my mother was like, ha, ha you just won it because it was just about gay men. <laughs> and I was like, what are you saying? Like, I'm literally just like, you know, bet 236 Men, other men from all around the country to win this title. I'm going to represent my country right. in Malta. I'm the youngest winner of the pageant. And there are all these newspaper articles about me. But la pure news media had you know plastered me all over their news. So everybody <laughs> in my village also maybe all everybody got to know about it. And then also my parents were like, ha yeah, yeah, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, when did you decide to go for Mr. Gay World India?
1: Yes. So, um, like I said, I think uh, way back in 2012, I came across an article in Delhi Times about uh, Mr. Gay World and Andrew Sturlitz, who had won Mr. Gay World way back in 2012. He was from New Zealand. <clears throat> and uh, I went on the internet and, uh, you know, back then internet existed as <laughs> me. YouTube existed. So YouTube Pe Gaya YouTube YouTube pe type Kia search engine mein. <laughs> and I looked up for uh video and uh, there was a really nice interview of his and uh, I really liked you know and admired <clears throat> his honesty for the cause um, He's a sheriff and he spoke about how he had been working towards queer rights uh, and equal rights for since you know when he was like you know in his twenties and uh, when I read about all of this, I was like, you know, I need to, I need to become a part of this organization. So um, I read up on, you know, the prerequisites, went on the, oh, the Mr. Gawal website and everything. And then I realized that I have to be at least 19 to be able to participate in this competition. Mm-hmm. So I decided that I would, you know, maybe go and participate in this competition when I'm 25 years of, 25 years of age, which is basically now. Now. I'm, I'm so glad I did not wait until I was 25 because... Mystic India did not happen this year only right. because of this COVID, COVID. Uh, scare and uh, last year the Mr. Gay World was you know postponed because of again because of the COVID situation so yeah I mean I'm very very happy very very glad that I don't have to go through this um, uh, uh, th- I, that I, I decided to participate much earlier and uh, yeah I think there was a lot of uh, back then there was also a lot of convers, not a lot of conversation around being being gay in India at all. In fact, there was a lot of misinformation in popular news and media, you know, outlets. Uh, I still remember watching some television shows that just, you know, around trans identities, you know, they would be like, you know, this person has become trans because his mother has done something wrong his father has done something wrong, has done something wrong Misinformation, no wrong.
0: right. And uh, Complete, did, did they like give uh, some cures for like supposing your kid comes out to you and then you're like, okay, go do this. You'll get fine. Like you'll become normal. Was there something like that?
1: Well, corrective uh, you know, therapies, uh, corrective therapies, sorry. <laughs> corrective, corrective therapies and corrective rape for that matter as well is, is massive in India in case you don't know about it. Corrective rape is extremely like such a horrifying thing in India. There's a film called Satyavati which is also made around this situation where you know sometimes your own parents uh you know rape you to correct you of of homosexuality or of queerness or being queer. So it's a it's a it's an ongoing thing still in India which is horrifying and horrible. And I really hope these things change in the coming oh years. God. But uh, even this counts these counselors sometimes used to have these I don't know which electrocute karte and all of those therapies that they had to fix your you know queer inclination right. and uh, um there were a lot of, uh, of course, uh, Ramdev had come back then, and uh, you know, uh, he had uh, you know spoken about uh, uh, how he can cure homosexuality in uh, in, in queer folks. And I was like, what what is this bullshit? Yeah. I mean, that we are talking about. And people are consuming also this information. Uh, what what a stupid country we are that you just we just believe in whatever we've exactly. been told on the internet and that's what has happened right now as well misinformation is massive in india whatsapp whatsapp university jindabad hamare desh mein par pata nahi kab sikhenge log ke whatsapp pe jo aata hai wo pakwas aata hai usko check karna padta hai aapko 100% matlab uh, whatever they see on facebook they will just believe it whatever they see on instagram they will just believe it aur jo bhi tv pe dikha denge news channel wale waise mm. exactly wo so, bahut Sub so the obviously. way
0: they project the information is so extra <laughs> like you know like especially news reporters are all it's it's just crazy oh it's God. so sad to see media being showcased in such a way media is the fourth pillar of
1: uh you know third fourth pillar of of democracy one of the pillars let's just put it right. way. one of the pillars of right. democracy and uh it's become a sh- like a showbiz it's literally become yeah. like a uh, buffoonery so, um, and and people are be- watching and people are believing in it i'm like hmm. what is wrong with you all why are we watching why are we watching arnab's fall to content like but we don't believe in what we do not want are watching on that show it's just
0: it's entertainment you watch it you forget right. it but people will watch Arnab's
1: show and then people will believe whatever he's believe. showing
0: them, you know? yeah 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 it's like it's blind faith yeah which is becoming
1: a very Damn, big problem too much I mean I have so many opinions on this but we are digressing from the topic
0: <laughs> of, uh, you know. right right so coming definition. back to Mr. Gay World India when you won that I want to know obviously like on winning it I'm not going to ask that typical question. How did you feel on winning how this? I know you felt great. Did you go? <laughs> but, <laughs> but I want to know, how was it to be in the competition? Because, you know, ideal standards of being beautiful or being handsome is fair, tall. And um, like, did you face any racism or did you feel left out? How was it when you were pre- preparing for the competition?
1: So um yes, there was a fair amount of discrimination against me. I wouldn't say racism, but I would say colorism. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know, fair skin is still considered as the ideal standard of beauty here in India. A certain kind of body is considered a certain kind of, you know, a certain level. Minimum it itna to be all of that conversation. It still happens here in Help me usko, But... Um, uh, i mean we can help it by changing this conversation around uh, you know standards of beauty but we are trying to kar rahe to do kar but kuch ho <laughs> just everything is just moving too too slow i mean i wouldn't say ki ho but i still yeah. feel that you know everything is just happening it's just it's just so slow such a uh, you know slow rate slow that, that pace, is very yeah. very disappointing yeah slow pace yes and uh, I had, you know, the moment I won Mr. Gay India, there was on the back then Facebook was a bigger you know, phenomenon. So I remember just people going on the internet on Facebook and being like, you know, how can this boy represent India? He's so skinny. He's so black. He's so ugly. You know, why couldn't India choose a better representative for, uh, you know, the country to be sent out for Mr. Gay World? Uh, So it was was rather sad. It was very difficult. But Mm -hmm. um, I sort of didn't, you know, pay any heed. I mean, Yaar? I mean, all kinds of opinions people are going to have. Uh, I have so much, I had a responsibility. I had so much work to do. So I didn't right. have the time to sort of waste my time on, on the internet going and figuring out kya log kya rahe mere huh. exactly. And I grew up being bullied. Yaar. You, I mean, I grew up being heavily mocked, and heavily bullied through all, all throughout my school life. So I was used to bullying. So I didn't care. I mean, I you. Just
0: um, move on, do you? I did have a question regarding this that okay you know you're out on Instagram right now and you have this fan following and these people that support you but there's always a flip side of social media right there are people who constantly throw hate like endlessly no matter like they won't know what your work is about and like you know kind of troll you or whatever so does that affect you or your work does it have a toll on you? No, not at all. I mean, sometimes, in fact, other
1: I just, uh, I take inspiration from even from the negativity. Uh, In fact, way back when, you know, I was being bullied for my skin color and and I was being told that, you know, I'm ugly and all of that. I wrote an article about it. it, It's called uh, Ugly Enough to be Mr. Gay India. And uh, that (laughs) article became viral on the internet. Right. uh, I remember uh, an international news channel also picked it up and they, they posted wow. this, for Pink News. They posted about it that, you know, uh, uh, Mystic India faced all of these allegations and, you know, he, uh, he wrote know. about it. And every, right. and, a lo- and I received a lot of love out of it. People wrote back to me. They were like, you oh, we really like the work that you mm-hmm. do. And we, and we stand by you. And it's so unfortunate the kind of hate that is going on around. But right. we, we really believe in you. And I was very I was very, very happy uh, that I at least had a certain amount of support from the community mm-hmm. members. Uh, but uh, even today, in fact, someone you know commented on my video, uh, you know, ladi, I, like, Kya ki ba- karte you know, so here
0: I've seen like a few stories where you've highlighted the comments and like, you know, you've kept it. Yeah. That's why I wanted to I ask that. Yeah, I just saw it yeah. <laughs> like before this interview. So I was just like <laughs>
1: Um, I just want people to, have a, to know that there is, there is femphobia, there is homophobia. Because we don't know that this a problem. So, we don't acknowledge that this is a problem, do we solution? So, first of all, you don't know there is a There is a reason why we are celebrating you know, Pride There is a reason why I am talking about this. Because right. I, I don't feel equal. I don't feel like I am represented mm-hmm. the right way. So, it's very important for me to talk about this. So I talk about it, go out in the open and I share my videos and I uh, you know, tell mm. people that this is what has happened. Or I just put, post a simple you know, comment because, in fact, I receive a lot of rape threats as well. Uh, if you go on uh, in my TEDx video, someone uh, accused me of being a pedophile and uh, said that, you know, my parents have done a horrible job at bringing me up, which is why I've turned out this way. Just baseless, baseless rumors. Like it's got kind of
0: context in
1: here. But I don't know what to say. I'm just like sometimes I feel yeah, i do not to say you're not going to be able to do it. But uh uh shayad, if I had not been gay, if I had not been femme, then I would not have gone through all this hate, right? But but I didn't even choose this life. I, this is what I this is how I was born, this is how uh, right. I've always been. But um, I, I mean, a, a major part of my life has just been, you know, struggling to make ends meet and struggling to, um, uh, you know, bring forth a more uh, empowered representation of right. me out in the world. So sometimes I feel bad about it Some because there are days when, you know, I feel really low and I feel like, mein, kithna, how much do you want me to just go out in the open and be an activist and speak about it?
0: Sometimes I also want there to. There is a saturation watching. point, right? yeah i want to also
1: net watch netflix and chill but i i don't have i can't afford to do that um, because i have to i have to continue to you know put forth my views and my my story out in the open um i need to let people know that this is what the situation is because i don't want another runway to go through what i went through in the past i uh-huh. i want another runway to go to have a better future in the past in the that's in the future
0: so, that's so sweet that's so sweet Okay, so now coming to a little lighter side, um, was there any experience that you remember from your competition in Malta during Mr. Gay World? Any embarrassing slash funny slash memorable? Anything like that that happened? So many,
1: are. Yeah. I was coming a complete mess when I went to Mr. <laughs> Mr. Gay World. I'm like, now nah, when I have to go back and do it, I would do it very differently and I would, uh you know, it would be so much nicer if I if I can go back again and you know relive those memories and relive those times. Uh, I remember, you know, I didn't even have like a very nice phone, so I think people couldn't even get like really high quality pictures oh, no. <laughs> from back in those days. Yeah. But I mean, of course, I, I got the nice pictures from friends and everything. But yeah, I still feel like, oh shit. Uh,
0: I did see like um, the different uh, rounds, the sports round, the ramp work and all that and it seemed like so much fun. I was just watching and I was just like wow. It was it was quite an interesting journey. I
1: think one uh, story that I specifically remember, two stories actually which was just prior to me getting to the pageant uh, because a lot of preparation actually goes you know, before you actually go for the pageant. When you go okay. for the pageant, it's just fun and games, you know. You're just going there to have a good time at the end of the day. Even if, right. of course, you're going there to, you know, represent your country and there's mm-hmm. there's work to be done. Uh, right. and it's very nerve-wracking because there are so many beautiful men around you, you get intimidated, and there are these different interview rounds, and you're just so nervous, you're like, I need to do well, right. all of that. Uh, and you have so little time sometimes to prepare but but i had a really like i had a gala time and even with that pressure that that we had and uh, you know there was a lot of confusion and ruckus i still managed to have a lovely lovely time when i was in malta and i'm so glad that we went to europe because malta is extremely beautiful it's like you get architectural orgasms when you go there it's just <laughs> so beautiful and back in those days you know um, game of thrones was a really big show and uh, they had shot you know parts of game of thrones in malta Okay, uh, the King's landing yeah. it's right. actually oh, uh, wow.
0: no, yeah. it's in okay. Malta
1: so I was like I'm here to have a good time <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah I mean even even during i I've been there with a lot of heart so even if I was competing, uh, I didn't feel like I was competing. I was oh. there to just represent me my best form
0: right. uh, but
1: the work all that work that went was actually you know months prior to the mm-hmm. final competition and uh, there was this one incident where uh, you know there was a, a guy who was supposed to do that the designer who was supposed to uh you know do my garment he backed off, he banged out just two weeks prior to the final uh you know pageant and he oh, said no. that uh i am not going to i can't create this outfit for him because i have to i'm working on some project with krithik roshan i'm like who which professional yeah, does this is in the end uh, two weeks prior to the competition, you're coming to me and you're telling me, and I don't have, mere paas, nahi hai, karne liye an- mm. on another outfit. Right. I mean, this is all that I had. And now I don't even have the time to prepare another costume. So mm-hmm. in a in very little time, finally, you know, I, I managed to put together, uh, you know, another outfit, a friend of mine, uh, he helped me, uh, uh and, uh, uh with with another designer they we worked together and they prepared the final costume for me. And then another uh you know very interesting that had happened thing that had happened was just one week prior to the competition, I met an accident and I lo- lost two of these my incisors. So these two teeth that you see right here, they're not my real teeth. They're actually okay. they're like caps. They're like okay. fake teeth. <laughs> so um uh, imagine just one week right. like prior to the competition. And I remember like falling on that, on that floor, hitting my, my jaw hit the floor and I saw blood right in front of me and I saw my teeth right in front of me and I saw and I still have that picture and I just, I had lost my teeth and I was like, but somehow we managed to get, you know, I, my father came all the way from, so my parents were staying in Haryana and I was staying in Delhi. So they came okay. all the way, you know, traveled three hours journey, they covered, came to my college, picked me up and they were like, Chalo us and they fixed my, you know, um, they finally got me to a dentist and he did mm-hmm. a really good job. Within one week, he fixed everything. Lovely. And I finally, you know, together went
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: for, for Mr. Gay
0: Wow. So it seems like an, a very exciting part of your life. Like, good you went at that time only? <laughs> I'm very happy. Oh, my
1: God. So happy. I did all of that jazz back then. I'll be right. I can relax and do my job happily. <laughs>
0: right yeah um who is your role model from the lgbtqia plus community and what have you learned
1: yeah um there are so many people who i really look up to to be very honest and i think there is something or the other that i like in everybody who i who i look up to uh you know i don't i'm not uh you know crazy enough to sort of you know um just look at one person and be like, i bās ke jaisa." But I rather pick up traits from different personalities. I think especially in the long run, I feel like I've realized that, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, the way you imagine certain people to be, they're not uh, mm. you know, entirely that way. So it's, right. it's good to not not sort of look at just one person and be like, Much ke hai. But mm-hmm. it's good to sort of take the good traits from everyone. So um, I think one person who I would definitely like to mention here is Freddie Mercury. Um, I watched his documentary, you know, in my early days of coming out and I was so inspired by his journey, by his just eagerness to just, uh, in, he had completely shed off, uh, you know, shed away all his inhibitions and he right. was very uninhibited that he was so, he wasn't scared to share his vulnerability with, mm-hmm. with the world. He's, he was extremely talented, of course, as we all know, and uh, created some of the greatest music that exists in, in today's time still. Right. And uh, I love him. I mean, I I really I wish he was still alive. I would have happily married him. But, uh, <laughs> like I'm obsessed with him in some ways. Uh, and I really love. I, I admire right. his willingness to just not be scared of uh, you know silly right. questions. To not be scared of sharing his queer identity with the world. Even when in interviews, you just see that you know he's just so chill and he's just talking about you know yeah whatever all that happened. This happened. That happened. Mm. Um, and I really like like that about him. So uh, yeah, I think Freddie Macri is one person who I really, really look up to. I really like him uh, and you know, someday hopefully I will get to meet him.
0: <laughs> so since you spoke about silly questions, I just had a quick question. What are those questions that you are tired of answering or statements that you're tired of hearing?
1: One question I would definitely like to point out is the uh, one that I'm always asked: Why do you talk like a girl? And I'm just like fed up of answering this question. I'm like, um, maybe because I am a woman. I just say that
0: now. <laughs> wow, that's a good comeback. <laughs> that's
1: good. I it? mean, because I, I mean, I am clearly a diva. As you can all see, I mean, through this entire uh, you know podcast right. that we've had, total diva, total queens, so obviously. Why should i not why, should, why I not? should you not
0: exactly there's no reason for you to not not How give that answer but <laughs> not to give that answer okay yeah, that's great exactly. and the last question for today is uh, what is your advice or your message to anyone who's struggling with their identity who's maybe wanting to come out to their parents
1: for me, the idea that truly sort of changed, you know, my life was realizing that I'm so much more than being gay and there is so much hope um, that is there, out there in the world waiting for me, right. that my life will become better if I just hold on to that, you know, grab on to that little ray of sunshine mm-hmm. and uh, just persevere through whatever difficulties have come, come across in my life.
0: Right.
1: And uh, I continue to live by that. I continue to wake up every morning and believe that my life is going to get better tomorrow. I work hard and wow. I work the right way towards whatever dreams and aspirations I have in life and I have seen my life change in the last just 10 years completely I was a little gay boy from Konya in a little village in Odessa, nobody knew about me I was an engineering student in, in Delhi just a few years ago then and uh, everything changed for the better once I, start, nice. once I came out and started speaking about my life and my story with the world So uh, that happened because I really admired the person that I am and the person that I can be if I truly believe in my potential. So just always, always, you know, never be in denial of uh, what's is happening around you. Acknowledge your difficulties, acknowledge your successes and uh, just work towards being a better person every day, each day.
0: That's lovely. Thank you so much, Anvesh. Thank you, thank you, thank you thank so
1: you, much. Aasmeen. Thank you, Asmin. Thank you, thank for you so being much here. for having me. <laughs>
0: Thank you for watching. It's Azmin, your host. If you like this, go ahead and give us a big thumbs up. Subscribe. Hit on the bell icon to get notified for future podcast episodes and comment what you learned from this one. Share it with someone so we all learn, grow and evolve together.